how is it going everybody we got a big crowd in the live chat tonight and i think i know why because if i wasn't doing the show i'd be in there too uh to see the special guest that we have tonight listen you guys um as always uh god's in charge um he's gonna want he's gonna be the one that directs this episode he's gonna be the one that makes me and my guests get the information out that we need you guys to hear. Um, that's the way it always is for all my shows. One thing I do want to say is we've been very, very blessed here at the Alpha Warrior Show with with the guests that we've had and with the audience that we have. So for all you new people to the Alpha Warrior Show, thank you for joining us tonight. I really, really appreciate that. And with that, I know you guys don't want to hear me speak. You guys want content. So let's get two of my uh, very loyal sponsors out of the way so we can get right to it because I got to keep the lights on because streaming ain't free. Uh, so the first one, Gold Co. Protect your investments with gold and silver. Made simple. AlphaLikesGold.com. Uh, listen, our sponsors know the kind of content we put out there and they continue to sponsor us anyways, knowing the way cancel culture is. So since they want to help take care of us, you know what? Go take care of our sponsors. And as always, I know Patriots and Grifters is a real thing that's out there. So what I always share with the people that watch this show, if you don't want to do it with me and the great people at Gold Co., that's fine. But do it with somebody. Um, do not trust what the Biden administration is doing with our money. You've worked too hard to leave something behind for your spouse, your kids, your grandkids. It's your legacy. You know, don't trust it unless you have at least talked to somebody. And then with that, we'll get to the next sponsor, uh, a man that I really, really like. Uh, he has pillows, if that's a hint. And with this, I will see you in 60 seconds with the guests for tonight. Let me bring uh, the woman you guys are all excited to see tonight. Tori, how are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing great. How are you doing? How are you uh, doing, Fredo? I, I am pumped. I am excited. I, I think I've conveyed that to you uh, a lot over the last 24 hours. Uh, here, I got a night. I want your take on this. So I think that Mike should create a pillowcase with his mustache. I think that thing would sell like crazy. Am I crazy or what do you think? Well, anything he does, it'll sell because we always buy things uh, from people that we want to create things for us. So the mustache would be a good idea. I would like to see seasonal pillowcases like Easter, summer, you know, so, and, and, and stuff like that. That's a, that's a market that not a lot of people focus on. I'm, I'm the person that swaps the pillows on the couch with season. I, I have to admit my Merry Christmas is still there. Um, and I, I'm still stuck in December right now, but I think that would be pretty good. His pillows are off the charts. Like they're the best. Let's see. My, my wife's going to love you already because she's like, you know, pillows need to be changed throughout the season. I'm like, what? Yeah. Halloween, right? <laughs> Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, Easter, seashells for the summer. It we makes sense. I mean, she even wants to do it with like the for the guest bathroom or the one that all you know people come to when they visit. Change the shower curtains. And yeah, stuff. that's what's up. I do that too. <laughs> I, I do that too. When I go all out, if I have time, I'll even put like one of those um things on the door where it looks like Santa's in the bathroom. You know where you put like a fabric, like a sticker, a removable sticker. I haven't done that though. Uh, the, these past two years have been just completely insane. But. I'm with her on that. I don't know why other people don't do it. I'm, I'm the one that puts the Christmas wreath on the door, like November first. 
<laughs> so I think uh, what's the rule? I think I, that I finally uh, after Thanksgiving. No, I'm wrong. Not wrong because when Thanksgiving comes, we already got the Christmas tree up. See, yeah. See, uh, she, she's she's already me. She's already got me to succumb to all her demands. So uh, who am I trying to front? Well, it's like it's like decorating. <laughs> it's like dressing up, like putting makeup in your house, right? So you can feel festive. But you know, let's be straight. The weather and nature is not responding the way it should. We've got, uh, you know, almond blossom, cherry blossoms are blossoming already. Last month, maple trees are blossoming. My dog, the Akita, she started shedding like three weeks ago, her winter coat. And it's like, it's February. Like something's up, you know? It doesn't, so I'm just gonna stick with Christmas. It's gonna be Christmas year round. It says Merry Christmas on my couch. It's gonna stay there until next year. Cause I really don't know what, what season we're in right now. Well, yeah. I'm here in Southern California in what, two days ago, three days ago, we had hail. That's what's up. It's like nuts. Isn't it? It's really nuts. I uh, hear it was hot and then there was snow and then hot again. And then it was just freezing rain. It makes no sense. Well, let me bring this up because you have a very loyal audience. I see them in the chat. And a lot of them are already saying happy birthday, Tori. Oh, yeah. So Women's for, Day. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, um, very special when the clock hits midnight, uh, we do have a Tori birthday. So make well, sure you do. <laughs> my birthday means it is a, an excuse day off where I turn my cell phone off. Right, <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. I'm still going to be working because I'm going to be putting out um, a teaser. There was a, there's a, docu-series that I'm doing in, on trafficking, like what the real origins are, because everyone just thinks it's like for sexual, you know, pleasure. There's, it's a lot more than that. And so the person that I'm working with on this put together something and I was like, you know what? No, this is going to be transformed into something. In a, and so the chapter two, I'm, I'm going to transform it into something and that'll be my gift on my, on my, on my birthday uh, for everyone. So I'm, I'm going to be editing tomorrow with coffee and pajamas and kind of relaxing and getting that done. I think it's important. It's actually just showcasing just how important it is that people cooperate with information together. Uh, because if we look over the years, everything that's been put out, could you imagine if they all got in a room rather than like, oh, I'm reporting this or that, but they all got in a room and reported it, we would have so already solved the problem. And I, that's, I, yeah. I agree with you completely on that. You know, one of the things that I tell a lot of people, you know, in the inner circle and the outer circle is I'm like, hey, listen, if we're all trying to get to the same goal, then I don't really care if we can't agree on the, how we're going to get there. If we want the same thing, let's work together, not against each other. Well, I think seeing it is better. You know, so I was thinking of taking everybody's content and putting it together and just showing just how much this bit and this bit. It's like it's like it's mosaic. And when you put it all together over the past couple of years, it's like, well, if everybody got in a room and we all did it together, we wouldn't still be having this conversation because all of the pieces of the puzzle and all that reporting could have been put under one umbrella and we would have wrecked it. But, you know, we do have, you know, issues. And some people may say it stems from the capitalistic uh, aspect. Others will say it's an ego thing. That's the majority. Let's be fair. Um, opportunistic. Right. And there's also polarization. I mean, I myself am extremely polarizing, but that's what happens because people that just say it like it is, 
you know, they, they contradict beliefs. So when someone speaks something that's truthful or very honest, right, uh, about a particular topic, it may contradict the beliefs or opinions of others or what they believe is, uh, what, what do they call it, like norms. For example, let me give you an example. So yesterday, um, I went out to dinner with my lawyer, a couple of people from my campaign team for some federal suit that's going and discussing the Sixth Circuit case and, and something else that I'm working on. And um, when we ordered dinner, I wanted to eat pasta pomodoro, right? And it came with a veal chop. And I was like, all right, I just want a lot of pasta. Like, I want the pasta, right? Really don't care about the veal chop. I just want that pasta. So when she brought me, it was a pounded veal thing and then brought me like this nice plate. And then when she put it down, I was like, is that a sample? Because it was like, you know, like less than a kitty size. And, <laughs> and she was like, ha, ha, ha. And, and she was like, you're joking. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Is that a sample? Like, you know, that's complete. I wasn't, I said it in a fun way, but I was like really serious. You're charging me 40 bucks, right? Is that a sample of pasta? And th there it is. Some people might take offense to that, right? But it's just being truthful, right? What your expectations of things, right? So it's expectations. And so when you tell the truth, and this is another thing that we have, this polarization, you know, there's confirmation bias and emotional reactions to what you have to say. Uh, because sometimes people are like, oh, you just don't say those things or just be nice. You know, and it's like I was being nice. I was being serious. I work hard for $40 and you're, and you're giving me a sample. Everyone cracked out laughing, right? That's the way I talk. I'm extremely transparent and, and that rubs people the wrong way because I don't do etiquette, especially when it comes to my country or the pasta, okay? Um, well <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, we don't go to a restaurant to leave hungry. I, th there you go. So I was just like, what is this? I mean, everyone was laughing and that was just me trying to kind of say it in a nice way without being super mean. Um, you know, I didn't get more pasta. I just dealt with it. But, you know, when you go to a swanky place, that's what you do and you get samples. And I was actually, I, I didn't eat because I was flying all day to make that meeting. So... You know, all you get is nuts on the plane and these stupid crackers and, you know. Well, so that's truth that can be interpreted as, ha-ha, funny, yeah, I'm sorry, this is, you know, a swanky place and that's all you get. I can send you a double portion or they get offended. And that's the thing. We can't keep everyone happy. And so I think polarization has a lot to do with um, our, you know, Cog, uh, confirmation biases and what we expect other people to do because when we speak truth it elicits strong emotional reactions and we can't keep everybody happy uh, but in the end it's always about the goal even when it's, when it's uncomfortable truth is not nice just like free speech it's messy and it's concise and takes no prisoners right <laughs> it's just, let's go absolutely <laughs> and speaking of let's go so for the audience I was like I have Tori coming on the Alpha Warrior show. There's a billion things that I want to talk to her about, but we don't have a billion hours. Um, but I'm sure if, if I can get Tori to have a good time, I'm sure we can bring her back again. But I did want to talk about something that is one of my biggest fears. Um, and it's and the fears, people's underestimation of what this is. And I'm talking about AI. And... I think there's some people that are like, oh, I hear of it. I know of it. But, you know, they don't really understand, like, how much it's involved in your everyday life, your work, your social media, 
going to the grocery store, going shopping, you know, the defense of your country, it's everywhere. So that's what I want to talk about to start. Now we can go wherever we end up going, but how, how, would you, how do you want to start this if we're going to go into AI? All right. So first let's talk about these chatbots that everybody's using, right? You know, it's a big thing now, right? People are using chatbots, right? Um, there's open chat GPT, there's these Emerson AIs, there's these like friendly bots where you make like a best friend and you tell them everything, right? And it's like, why would you feed a database with your deepest concerns that you don't control the data from? That's like dumb. Um, we even have a Chad bot that's like, hey, bruh, right? And it responds like that. Um, but one thing is most of the um, AI bots that are out there haven't been updated since September 2021 with data. And in fact, as people start, is they are being reprogrammed uh, with um, key sentences, not key words. But you know, even if you redo the sentence to avoid it, your chatbot will be stuck. I've done that. This is how you can get the chatbot to be stuck and not respond. So AI is, Interesting. It's been around for a very long time. Uh, you know, I'm I'm on the cusps of you know Gen X and Millennial, right? Uh, a lot of people say it's 1980, 19 others are like 1975, right? Because it's like a blurry area, you know, where that merges, and um, it's quite fascinating to see just how much of our life it is in control of. Uh, you know, Bush started rolling that out uh, when he, Bush, Bush Jr., he started rolling it out hardcore. Uh, Clinton had set up the foundations for it for a more public rollout. Uh, the U.S. government has been using artificial intelligence for a while. Uh, at first, they kind of put it forward as artificial intelligence to help us uh, translate documents in the public. Then they moved it to... Uh, just compiling data. So people that were born after the year of 1999 have a clear profile on a database from the day they were born. So it'll contain every, from the moment they took their first breath until now, everything that is digital is in a database that is used. And that is scary. I actually... A New Year's Eve show that I did before anyone was talking about China, 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 China was about China's AI. And, you know, how, you know, I have a huge listener base in China. I use WeChat. I'm not fluent in Mandarin, but I, I can cope for like a little bit and using a little bit of software too to understand. Um, you know, that is the ideal that they want. They want us to be in one spot where we vote, we pay bills, we have conversations, uh, we exchange information, we do our homework, work, and the government gets to see all of it. That's the goal for the government deploying AI. There are very good things that AI can provide, but then the question sits like, when is AI sentient? And how would that look? Those are real scary conversations. You well, know, go and, ahead. And just to interject right there, the part that concerns me is when we finally get to the point where, you know, 
where is it turning, you know, where is it making that curve to go in the wrong direction? Well, our brain is not as fast as a processor. And when we're looking at all the data that we're putting into AI, like for, you know, we'll use Twitter, for example, wake up in the morning, tweet stuff, like things, retweet stuff, quote, you know, quote tweets. It even, as far as I understand, even sees how long you're scrolling, you know, where you pause in your scrolling. So if, if we're putting that much information into these algorithms, which goes into AI, they know us better than we know us, which means they're, it's already anticipating when we're going to pick up on them showing a change of behavior. So it's going to incorporate that into the way it does its information or am i just am i thinking two terminator here no and i think you're actually being very benign in your approach it's a lot scarier than that like so you know ai has a lot of parts to it right it can be it used to uh control conversations on a digital platform it can be used to benefit us in like a significantly in healthcare, right? It can assist, you know, AI power uh, algorithms can analyze medical images, right? A radiologist that get a ton of money to just sit in the dark room and look at stuff or while they're sipping Mai Tais on the beach, they will diagnose you with whatever your x-rays or CTs or MRIs have. But now, I, I when I was um, interning back in uh, 2010 and I was part of the radiology detail, um, you know, AI-powered algorithms would already be analyzing medical images and other data to help diagnose diseases, conditions such as cancer, heart disease, arthrosclerosis, right, uh, neurological disorders. And it can also identify patterns and anomalies in medical images that may be missed by human radiologists because it's so precise and it understands how artifacts playing to, you know, come into play, um, can see calcifications that your eye wouldn't. Um, I remember I was part of a, a research group that was examining um, MRIs that were done of the abdominal cavity to assist in locating calcification of the aorta, right? Um, you know, on the, uh, to, to be able to see it in the ascending uh, portions of it. So it was, it, it, it was astonishing to see how great it can be, right? But it can also be dangerous on the fact that, you know, on the robotic surgeries, right? And personalized treatments, those can be weaponized, right? Personalized treatment is where you use the AI to analyze your data, all of it, and help, you know, tailor treatments to individual patients. With the same side of the coin, AI can also be used to analyze your patient data and help someone target you specifically, either through uh, medical, the um, pharmaceutical modification, or uh, very specified uh, vaccines that will target just your DNA. So, you know, it also helps in drug development, but at the same time, again, it can develop drugs that can alter your genetic makeup and or target you. And no one would be any wiser, you know, oh, the person just got, you know, the flu shot, but you were in a cohort that, hey, we don't want people that have, I don't know, the God gene, so we're just going to take them out, you know, and then slowly it may um, induce uh, soft tissue cancers, which are the most common targets, because biological warfare is a real thing. And now with AI, it's becoming a lot more intricate and more difficult to detect. So, um, 
there are many things, you know, uh, but AI in, in, in medicine, again, can be used to like automate the administrative tasks, uh, such as like appointments, managing your records, charting, right? So if a nurse walks into your room and is giving you an antibiotic drip, she doesn't have to chart it. The system itself will feed back to the computer and put it in that your drip was replaced, right? So, uh, which can also create mistakes, and also it makes people lazy because it can assist in remote monitoring. So monitoring patients remotely that wear devices or in your room with other sensors um, to be able to either identify if you need help or you could be at home and it'll identify potential health issues. And as they get more serious, they enable them to help you. But with the same coin again, everything can be weaponized, right? So. I'm using healthcare because that's something that's always on people's mind, especially with this COVID and the lockdown files that came out and, and, you know, just a mass global experiment that made no sense that, you know, was happenstance, but, you know, even without using AI, you could see that the RNA sequence that they were claiming was COVID, which correct me if I'm wrong, they still haven't isolated COVID again. <laughs> Right. And last last time we checked, they still have not isolated. So you haven't people. isolated it, but you created a vaccine for it. I'm just pointing out the ridiculousness of the things that have been told to people. Now, uh, here's where AI, where AI kicks in. AI um, has been used over the years by many governments to control um, digital conversations in many ways. Um, and there are many ethical concerns that we could talk about, but <clears throat> one thing is, is that AI can be used to analyze the language that you use in conversations and detect patterns and behavior um, that show how you want to be responded to. And therefore, it can seem extremely natural. It can also detect if there's harmful behavior uh, for flags or whatever. And this is how, you know, like Twitter would ban people or words are eliminated. It's not just one word, right? It's, it's a combination of words that may be interpreted in some way. You know, like for example, in Telegram, I have, I have a dedicated hate group, by the way, just so you know. I'm like, I'm on that level, right, of Voldemort status that there's actually a Tory bot on Telegram. So don't say you tore your pants in the chat. You'll be automatically banned. So that's a simplified, you know, bot that's created by AI, but maybe it's not the word. Maybe it's like Tori says that'll trigger it, right? Or it could be Tori said, or maybe it's a link combination that may be eluded. You know, even if it's a bit lie, it'll see where the target is and still ban it. So there are very intricate ways that you control conversations. And this is exactly the problem that we had. Um, we had AI, Moderna admitted that they use computer to create the vaccine, if you remember. Obviously, they lied to us saying that they did it in two days, but then they came out and said that they had already done it in 2019. So it's like, so you did it in 2019 and then you came out in 2021 and said you did it in two days and you added a little bit of HIV to bond it. Nobody thought that was a red flag at all. Right? <laughs> I mean, if anyone says, I'm just gonna put a little HIV in there. That, I mean, for me, call me crazy i'd be like yeah i don't want any of that you can keep that um the few the few that try to bring that to the surface were immediately deplatformed you know dr judy Markovitz, she tried to bring up the hiv completely shut down and was you know people told you know she was that she was crazy but she was 100 accurate with that 
Well, here's the thing. Now I say this and people could say whatever they want and they can consider it a coincidence, but then at some point, when is it not a coincidence, right? Um, when I got back stateside, um, I actually went back to school and I got a degree in molecular and cellular biology only because I wanted to see certain things, which is, you know, I wanted to get into some laboratories and you obviously have to, so I signed up for the program for the MSCMD. It's like a STEM program for PhDs. And the only reason I did it was because it would allow me to go to laboratories to intern, right? And do things. So I quickly got an undergraduate degree in that so I can qualify to get into the medical school. And the reason I did that, because there was a guy that I had already seen through the predictive analytics of AI, just so we understand that, um, because that's data compilation that will give you like fixed points in time of where things will merge. That's, that's how much data we have. And um, there was a guy who's now, I think, still teaching at the University of Kentucky. He was a student from Latin America. And he was an epidemiologist. More epidemiologists are like statisticians, okay? They like correlate. His research was showing a correlation between malaria and HIV. And it was very specific. He found that people that were taking malaria drugs and they were having sex with unprotected sex with prostitutes that were HIV positive were not contracting HIV. I shared a desk with that guy for six months in 2009. So, you know, that was a success for me to be able to sign up for that class <laughs> and get to sit next to him because he was sitting on a gold mine and didn't realize it. You know, first of all, my main question was like, where do you find volunteers that are like, yeah, I'll just go have sex with someone that's <laughs> HIV positive, but you know, it's, it's whatever. Um, but, dollar's a dollar. <laughs> that's like, right. But he did find out that those that were on anti-malarial drugs, hydroxychloroquine, were not contracting it. So when COVID hit, obviously, because I do have a degree in molecular and cellular biology, what I saw was that the, the code that apparently they were analyzing had too many adenine tails. So it's like, you know, the, the actual code of the RNA, because viruses are RNA, right? And it just seemed weird. It seemed like there was a seam. And what I mean by a seam is like, like the way you sew a shirt. You know how you could see your sleeve being sewed in or, you know, so it was a seam. And the only thing that can actually create that is graphene oxide. So graphene um, can uh, interact biologically uh, with your body. So it seemed that it was man-made and it looked like rubbish because how do you know the structure when you haven't isolated it? It was just dumb. And um, that was all AI done. Everything that they were generating from numbers to stats to deaths was all done with artificial intelligence. And so we had AI controlling the healthcare facade, the fake one. And I say it's fake and people can argue and it's like, well, Swin 23, we're kind of right, not a conspiracy. And, um, <laughs> but on the other hand, it also uh, controlled the discourse by eliminating people talking about it, like you said, right? Like Judy. Um, and uh, in not only eliminating the conversation, but removing information. Now, that is bigger than just shutting someone's mouth up. But, you know, our mouths are information. We're conveying it. But it's more access. You couldn't access papers online, certain research papers, books. Right? It's like book burning. This is like Hitler tactics, but in the digital era, right? And AI assisted with that, too. So... And I believe that because the, 
I mean, how many of us know the stories or even experienced it ourselves where we found something and we're like, you go to share it with somebody just a few days later and it's just scrubbed. And, mm-hmm. and when it was the level that it was happening at, I was like, there is no way that humans are able to do it at this speed and with this accuracy. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, a lot of things that you do are AI based. Everything. Uh, you know, one recent example. Um, oh, the banking. You saw how Don Jr. was banned, right? His business bank. I was actually banned just the week right before him. And I thought it was because he shared my article about AI canceling because <laughs> they're using AI to cancel people. This is no joke. Like right now, if you like the, the, the article was based on the fact that some woman had gone to the theater with her husband and she sat down and they were watching theater and then they came and took her out as they were watching. And the excuse was, is that you work for a law firm that is you know, litigating on behalf of our opponents. So you're not allowed to enjoy the services, which is weird in itself. Uh, In that specific case, the woman was no longer working for the law firm. So their AI wasn't even updated. So there, so that just shows how grave the errors could be. I mean, this is stupid. Like, why are you just not allowing the patronage of someone if they're just going to enjoy a show at Radio City or whatever? Right. But you know, this is, this is nothing you would say, but think of it on another level where you want to go get a job. And they did this all through facial recognition. And, and this is the problem everyone should be terrified about, this sequestering of data or, oh, we're going to put it on the blockchain and it's safe. And those of us that understand technology, you can bake code in from the first block and you're done. It doesn't mean that it has to be activated at any point. It can activate later. If the code's already baked in, you wouldn't even see it. And so this is the problem that we're having with artificial intelligence. If we're using it, it's all ones and zeros. There's no what ifs, right? Nothing's ever directly clear. Um, And it is being used to cancel. And what I noticed banks now, and this is so weird because remember that Zelle debacle that happened with Bank of America? Yes, I do. So Zelle actually is owned or is the same company called Early Warning Systems in Arizona. Early warning systems has a new AI. It's like check systems, but it's not just check systems. It's banning people that are contrary to climate change or whatever the general narrative is. And I learned that because I demanded from my bank to find out why I was canceled. And apparently it was my business banking that was targeted. And just because I had my personal banking, my kids did at the same bank, which was KeyBank. Which is, I think, the person that sits on the board is actually the treasurer of West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. And he's supposedly a Republican, if I'm not mistaken. So they canceled me because they said I was a risk to them because of who I was. Right. Not what I did, because I, I wasn't obviously doing any funny business. I'm a person that's got FISA warrants and the FBI has been investigating me since I, I whistle blew in 2014. So it's not like, you know, I'm new to this. Right. They would have they they're looking for an excuse to roll me up. Okay, so it's like, you know, on J6, they were like scanning everything. And it's like, you know, and people were like, is that you? And it's like, dude, I wasn't even there. So mm. I wasn't I was there, but I wasn't at the Capitol anyway. So AI can be used against you in that sense. Early warning systems is taking it to that other level where now they're actually plowing through. Get this. They. Let's pretend you, right? You're banking with Chase 
and you're like, you know, Chase is charging me this, this, this. I'm going to move over and I'm going to go, I don't know, to Citibank. When you move to Citibank and you apply for an account, <clears throat> they take every single transaction you ever had with Chase. If you went to buy diapers, Citibank already knows. So they know what supermarket you go to. If you use a membership card, this is the type of stuff they're transferring to your new bank. And this is all done with AI. So for me, I was flagged because Rumble was wiring money to me as a dangerous person, right? Because I get Rumble rants and that, then that's how they pay us, right? Through a wire. Right. And so that flagged me. So early warning systems is using AI to the tippy top of it. And this is why they had the debacle with Zelle because I believe that they deployed their new updated system. That's why it was reversing because it's like a reset. You know how you reset your computer and then when you open it up, it's like, hey, you know, this browser closed. Do you want to restore it? That's what happened. And I'm just making it simple. And they implemented new artificial intelligence algorithms, more, more AI in their AI to now scout people. So if you shop somewhere, and this is something that I brought up to my audience a, a while back that, you know, now Visa and MasterCard Visa, which is... Pelosi's one of the biggest holders of Visa. She could be an institution. That's how much she has. They're scouting out. If you buy a gun, you're flat. They could shut down your account because you bought a weapon. Well, um, they're marking it with a certain code now, that specific purchase. Well, yeah, that happened a long time ago when I was screaming from the top of my lungs. You know, hey, guys, let's all cooperate and stop this. You know, no one's listening. You know, they're all doing their little thing. That's why I said cooperation is key, that we all listen to each other. You know, it would have been great, like many people that are talking about topics to actually share information. I watch what they do. I'll even go on to people's things. Why aren't you talking about this? You should, here's a link. And, you know, I do do that. And they're just like, this is wrong. And it's me giving giving them a hand, you have an audience, educate, you know, here. Because we could have avoided that because Amalgamated Bank was spearheading that a long time ago. Now it's game over. It's been done. People are like 2030, 2030, 2030 is done. They're looking at 2063. If anyone thinks that 2030 hasn't been finished, it's been completed. Right now, yeah. it's like how big of an impact it'll have in the U.S. Well, well let me ask you about that. You know, because we saw the first go around, you know, you call it round one with the lockdowns and all the things that they implemented in us. So people aren't working, people are at home, people are on social media, people are on their gaming systems, people are on their phones. Was this lockdown, because eventually they kind of obviously through pressure, or maybe it was the plan, but they started to relax on some of these mandates and things kind of quasi um, went, you know, somewhat back to normal, which I think is not going there at all. But do you think during that entire time, they're picking up the text that people are sending, the posts people are doing, and they're saying, okay, this is how this geographic responded to the lockdown. This is how this age group responded to it. So we gave them all the reactions that we have. So if they wanted to implement 2.0 lockdowns, they already had the entire plan of how we're going to react, which means they know how to plan it perfect against us. Yeah, and they'll know where they need to deploy more force. Um, you know, I told my audience about the lockdowns on my first show in 2018. Kind of said, at some point in time, you're going to lock yourself in your house, shoot yourself in the foot, and not have income, and you're going to do it willingly. And I remember that um, I was on Red State Talk Radio at the time, and the guy that ran the show, he gave me like the 12 p.m. slot, and he was like, look, it's a dead zone, but you're new, 
you know, he gave me the zone that no one could do because Rush was on. <laughs> and so, but I, but I nailed it because I was like running up on that. Like Rush was incredible because he told the truth. Nobody, a lot of people didn't like him. They started like him. It's like brie cheese. You know what I mean? You eat it, you either like it at first or then you acquire taste later, right? Right. I used to hate, I used to hate pickled ginger, right? Because my mom told me that was sushi, so I don't eat hers when I was a kid, <laughs> right? But now that I'm older, right, I, you know, I, I like the pickled ginger, right? When I eat sushi, cleanses the palate. So it's kind of like that. And um, when, I, when I did it, he said, you can't put that on. And I said, why not? I, I, I dabble in predictive analytics. That's my spiel. Right. And this is where I'm like time travel and people are dumb that they, 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 they take that and they make it into some like, you know, like I'm saying, like my wife is a nine foot alien. That sounds more credible than me saying predictive analytics. And it's like, this is insane. We're an upside down clown world right now. Um, but that was their goal. That was their plan all along. And like you said, they've collected that data. They know when your back is up against the wall, how you will respond. They know um, if you're willing to comply. I mean, remember, they were locking us down and we had curfews. And, you know, I'm like, everyone was complying. I'm thinking, what? Like at 10 o'clock, does the COVID monster come out? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> right? And it's like, right? seriously, though, Alfredo, like think back at the stuff that they were telling people. Right? I know most of my audience was probably washing their vegetables, too. Right? A lot of people were because they didn't know what was going on. And that was all AI controlled. DARPA has the software. It's a very specific operation. You know, actually, I'll name it because everyone should dig. Want to hear it? I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. Operation Earnest Voice. That is something that has been used time and time again. And it is for pro-American propaganda. It was actually deployed the first time a few years ago. I wrote an article, Twitter lied, and this is why, right? And, you know, Jack Dorsey lied, this is why. Why? Because DARPA actually had a program deployed to deploy chatbots, sock puppets on Twitter to guide Twitter discourse, public discourse in the Bradley slash Chelsea Manning trial. So, you know, when I was on Twitter during the time that President Trump announced that he was running, the one thing I saw was an uptick in chatbots. So I just watched. But then I also saw a lot of psychological operations being deployed at the same time, right? So Operation Earnest Voice actually works. It's O-O-E-V, right? It, it works very effectively if you actually have real people that reinforce the message of the chatbots, right? So it guides conversation. And you also need uh, what I call Operation Gridlock because the actual operation name has not been declassified, so I can't state it. But that is where it was the follow me and I'll follow you back thing, right? Well, let me jump in real quick on this story yeah. because we're, the last, what, three or four days on Twitter, we've been seeing this happen, like real-time play out with NAFO. You know, we're seeing these thousands of accounts coming out and then you have, you know, a couple, you know, a couple dozen that go into these spaces and they're the real people. They're talking, you know, they're, they're responding to stuff we're saying and they're reinforcing the message that these bots are doing and they're taking down conservative accounts. You know, they're getting conservatives to react to it. And as soon as they react to it, there's this mass bot, you know, attack and all of a sudden they get reported and these accounts are getting taken down. Yeah, well, I, uh, Elon 
is the master of AI. I don't care how many EV vehicles they pump out. Mercedes can do it. Cadillac, they could put bells, whistles. They could throw in a chick with like double Ds for you. The car is not going to do what a Tesla does because of the AI it has. Okay, done. So he can identify chatbots. In fact, the person that was warning Twitter safety, her name is Del Harvey, but actually that's not her real name, right? She was hired to allegedly monitor chatbots, but no one's interviewed her. Why? Because she's DARPA. And that's a fact. So, you know, I've always made the argument, I even wrote articles that big tech is not private, right? It's like, say for you, right? Say your income is $100. If you're making $90 from the US government, does that make you a government contractor? That's 90% of my income. Right. Twitter has more than 90% coming income coming in from governments. Well, they did with memorandums of understanding and agreements, and they're still in place. And how do I know that? I still haven't gotten my Twitter account back because those are actually being used in sealed indictments against others. So there's a few people like the whistleblower for Uranium One. He hasn't gotten his Twitter account back. So those people that have not gotten their Twitter accounts back are actually participating in active criminal investigations. So, so let me give you the reverse side of that coin. For the people that a lot of us follow and listen to that kind of threaded the needle on Intel, whether it was election fraud or COVID or something else, but were never deplatformed. What level of concern is there there? Well, they're not a threat. They're just no, so that's where you can see grift or not a threat or part of the whole operation, right? So there are people that I interact and interact with and work with that were never banned. Right. And they're truth tellers, but they could just be simply reporters. Reporters are big difference with journalists. Okay. And some of them will cause more harm. Some that are actual like Emerald Robinson. She was never banned. Right. But that's because she's one of the biggest Twitter influencers out there. Now, a lot of people will be like, she doesn't have as many followers. <laughs> you hear that, right? I'm so important, but it'll cause more problems if they remove her than anything. But then you'll be like, they did James O'Keefe. Nobody likes James O'Keefe because he infiltrates places. So let him come at us. You know, we don't care because his organization is not going to support him. So while people were like, ah, oh, it's like, yeah, that's because Project Veritas is going to throw him under the bus. This is how you can see the difference. So when you see big influencers still on there and not removed, that's because it's messy or they're not really a threat because they don't have the metrics. You have people out there with 100, 200,000, 500,000, a million followers, but they get interaction less than what you and I get. I, I don't even know how many followers I have. I don't really care, right? I think the last time I looked, I was like, damn, when did I get 6,000, right? But I get more interactions than accounts that have a million. So the, the, the AI can detect who's a threat and who really has an impact because they know, like you could say like, for example, one social media influencer, I didn't want to drop names because they'll be like, she like called me out. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, and I don't mind calling it out because it's not whatever, but let's just use a male social media influencer that's out there. They, 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 they tweet all the time. They've been on there. They've never been banned. They change their name. They think they're important. They're not because the AI bot says that people really don't care because people talk 
and they can see their DMs. And it's not just Twitter. They look at Facebook. They look at Telegram. They look at other interactions. They're like, yeah, this guy, he can scream to the top. No one's going to listen to him. But then you see accounts with like 10,000, 500, and they're putting out really good content. And they're banned. Because, hey, you've got a thousand followers. Why do you have a hundred interactions? That's, you know, more than 10%. You can't have that, right? Anything over 2% is an impact, you know, from your follower ratio to, to what you get. So if you've got, you know, 5,000 followers and, and you have, you know, so many interactions, not views, interactions, right? Because remember how Elon said you should see the views? Because there's a lot of people that are watch tweets, but they won't click, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on your tweets. I had one, one tweet that had one point something million and it had just like maybe 200 likes. So you're telling me I had 1.2 million people see it. So they read it, they looked at it, but they didn't want to acknowledge it, right? We should have a dislike button because maybe that'll change. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were trying that downvote one for a while and it, you know, that kind of phased out. I don't remember if that was pre Elon or, or after Elon. And then I wonder too, you know, because I'll see that, you know, you, you see tens of thousands of, you know, these impressions or interactions or these views, but people don't want to, you know, they don't want to like, but they'll like other stuff. So I'm like, is this a fear thing? You know, it's, you know, I, I don't know. Well, the downvote thing, well, I think it's because, I mean, Elon, I'm pretty sure will introduce more interactions. You know, the way he thinks when I saw him buy Twitter and, you know, people, are, I don't trust him. And it's like, because, you know, most of the stuff is owned by Vanguard and BlackRock, the usual villains, right? But it's almost like saying, I bank with, you know, I don't trust so-and-so because I bank with my credit union and he's with Bank of America. It's kind of the same thing, right? So it's it's not... You know, it's, where's he going to go for that kind of capital, right? But he's extremely intelligent because, you know, he's built this AI with the Tesla that is insane. I've been watching it for like forever. When Tesla came out, I was writing him Christmas cards. I kid you not, Alfredo. Every Christmas, I would send him a card and I'd be like, you know, give me a Tesla. I will tweet about it every day. <laughs> you, it's a write-off. I want your Tesla. And you can record me as long as you scratch out my face. You know, this is incredible, right, what you're doing. Um, obviously, you know, maybe his assistant just threw it in the garbage and it's like fanning. And it was me. No business decision. I'll even put Elon is the best hashtag as a license plate. I think one of those cards, I think that was my 2011 card to him, right? I'll even get a license plate that says Elon's the best um, because I wanted to see how the algorithms work, right? I was more curious than anything. And well, Twitter's going to feed that like crazy. Well, let me ask you about Elon, you know, because uh, my people know, you know, I've been very critical um, of my trust in him, you know, what he's done for Twitter. Do I love it? And will I exploit it? Absolutely. I haven't had this opportunity, you know, cause we kept getting banned and multiple accounts to come back. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't too long before he did the final purchase of Twitter and he was doing a, uh, it was like a coffee. It was like a Ted talk, but it wasn't a Ted talk. I have the link saved. And he goes on there and he said, Hey, listen, in 2023, we're about ready for the commercial sale to be able to download the human conscious into these AI bots. And that was a major red flag for me. I was like, no, like I, I've seen this, you know, this movie before, right? And all of a sudden, you know, he picks up Twitter and I'm like, we just handed him, you know, the largest or at least one of the largest data, you know, files of, of 
all of all of us are our digital footprints are react like everything we're talking about tonight you know is he really doing it to free twitter or is this something to do to complete his his ai mission uh both so and it's another stream of revenue i mean i think it's pretty if i was elon i'd do it too now am i critical of him uh, i feel that he's sequestering too much power and that could be in the wrong hands right um, you know, he's got like a football team of kids, right? And people literally send him letters like, I want to be, I want to have your baby. Like, I <laughs> not. like there's like a thing, right? <laughs> they just like, hey, want to have your baby. Um, but he's actually very smart. Business-wise, let's take it business-wise. Uh, first of all, I, I'm pretty sure if we can like envision when he got his hands on the Twitter data, he was pissed. I can envision that because it was filled with bots, like packed to the brim, the majority. And then there were Twitter accounts, like I said, with Operation Gridlock. You know, think about it. I was watching people and I was like, why are you guys following so many people? How are you going to read all those tweets? There were people that had 300,000 followers and they were following 300,000 people. And I'm like, how are you going to read 300,000 tweets in a day? They didn't make sense. That was part of an operation. Those trains that they were doing was part of an operation to stymie the ability for people to actually see news. And this is how we got real live people and chat bots that were pretending to be that real life person pushing that. A lot of these trains that you saw were bots. I would watch it and I was like, whatever. I remember when I first got banned, you know, um, I was told, oh no, you only have two followers. I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm tweeting because I want to tweet. You know, when people are thirsty for truth, they'll find me. It's okay. I'll just be tweeting away my little heart. And if they want to, they can come. Right. And people would be like, follow me back. If you don't follow me back, I'm going to follow. I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to follow you because you asked me to. You're just resharing somebody else's thing. I want to see your opinions. I want to see your news. I want to see what you have to say. That's the reason I'm following you because I care about your opinion and I like the content you share, period. That was an also an operation. And I'm pretty sure if you could picture Elon when he saw it, he probably pulled his hair and threw shit off the desk and said, this is rubbish. What did I just buy? Bot farms. Um, and it's really hard. And I think he took a more stronger stance of freedom of speech because he wanted more real people to come on and stymie that bot operation because that was manufactured information, manufactured interactions, but it also gave him a lot of data to see how people interact with artificial and guided conversations. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was very pissed with all that child pornography too. So um, do I trust Elon 100%? You know, there's a book from like oh, about a century ago that says the Elons of Mars were ruling Mars. Have you heard of that? I was actually going to question you about yeah. that. Someone said, you got to ask her. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, that's a very specific name. Okay. And he wants to go to Mars. I'm just saying. We'll just leave it at that. Right? <laughs> just leave it at that. So I think that he understands the dangers of it because people that actually understand artificial intelligence know just how it can be weaponized. Anything that's created for good can be weaponized. Let's take the HPV vaccine, for example. Do you know that was created somewhere in Australia by someone that wanted to help sheep? It was a sheep vaccine. I kid you not. 
And I learned this in medical school. It was a sheep vaccine to help sheep have babies better and not get like viral infections, which I don't even think of. Viruses are endogenous. That's a whole other conversation. You know, I've done immunology. I've seen this. You know, these are in, you know, parasitic and they're endogenous. They don't just manifest out of thin air, right? Anyway, and so that was actually found to be a, a, a progressive sterilizer, meaning so someone that gets an HPV vaccine may not be sterilized, but their DNA is altered to the point where their offspring will be less likely to be able to have children, right? And this is supposedly for women, right? The human papillomavirus. But then they started giving it to little boys. And I'm like, well, and that's because they can transfer it during you know, intercourse or whatever, um, because you get a little bit of that. But that was created for good to help for the sheep out in Australia and, you know, their meat industry, right? We get really nice lambs from New Zealand. <laughs> and it was taken and then put into humans for something that's not good. This is just like a weird example, but I think it's at a level that everyone can understand. I don't expect everyone to understand the intricacies. And this is why when I do my shows, I keep it more um, pedestrian. And someone will be like, what, are you saying people are stupid? No. But as a linguist, I can tell you that when you have conversations with people in another language and you're interpreting, you want to assume that their knowledge is third grade. That is the level that you use, third grade language level. So this is how you should be able to explain intricate things. So I think this example is something that a lot of people that are your listeners and mine would completely understand because some of them may have kids or they did it, right? So this is how um, you take something that was intended to solve a problem to be weaponized. And I think uh, Elon recognizes that AI is to solve problems and um, create better efficiency and give solutions, but at the same time, it is one of the biggest weapons. You think nuclear war is bad? I mean, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> there won't be any AI either, <laughs> right? EMPs and stuff, so it's gone, but you know what I mean. Like, it is, it is bad, and he talks about it all the time because, you know, to, to, to just understand for people to, to, to know, the most powerful thing that AI can do is predictive analytics. And that's what I call the E3M 3D, which is exploratory data analysis. So you explore data to understand patterns and relationships like mind mapping, let's say, right? It's kind of like that. And then you have your, your 3Ms, which is model selection. So you choose the appropriate uh, model for uh, the data, uh, the statistical the appropriate statistical and mach or machine learning model for the problem that you are looking at. Is it healthcare? Is it, you know, social? Is it fin fintech? You know, then you have model training, which is using historical data. So all the data from the years before to train the model that you're selecting to optimize the parameters. And then you have model validation. So you evaluate the performance of the model that you're using um, on a separate set of data to make sure that it's accurate. And then you have your 3Ds, which is data collection. You gather all data, relevant, direct or indirect, uh, from various sources. So that could be social media, healthcare files, emails, audio conversations, video interactions. Then you have data cleaning and processing, which is transforming that data into a format that the artificial intelligence program can analyze 
And then finally, you have the deployment, and that's implementing the model in the real-world setting. So this means that all the data, AI always predicts, and it's 10 steps ahead. That's the whole idea of AI, is to predict, to, 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 to proactively respond to something it's anticipating, time travel. So it can predict what's going to happen based on the past. And this is why I tell people, you have everything you need. The past proves the future. And the future is right now. We're making the future right now. And right after saying right now, that's history. You see what I mean? No, so I'm correcting. It's, 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 it's dangerous because it not only compiles all that data, it can predict you know, the different timelines of how you would respond. And, you know, if I collect all your data and I'm like, oh, what if I tell him, you know, you're not allowed to have a beard anymore. How's he going to respond? Knowing Alfredo, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So what pressure can I do on Alfredo? Okay, I'll ban razors. So then Alfredo is going to start using Nair, chemical stuff from his wife's cabinet, right, <laughs> to, <laughs> to trim his beard, right? Because or else he's going to look crazy. And that'll deter him. But if that doesn't work, I'll ban that too and see just how far it is to make him comply because I can predict then with the next pressure how you're going to respond. So going back to what you said about COVID, do you see how much data it's got to know how, where, and when everyone's going to respond? And so Elon has been very vocal about this, you know, um, but at the same time, he's empowering it. So it's almost conflicting, but can you help it when you want to make the world more efficient? But then by making it more efficient, we just get lazier. So like, how do we strike a balance? And that's my question to you. How do you think we can strike a balance between AI and human interaction? So I've, th I've actually thought about this a lot because that's the one question I always get from people. Well, if you're so against it, Alpha, and it's like, look, I love the conveniences just as much as everybody else, especially when it comes to, you know, medical remedies and stuff like that. But I think the first thing we need to do is, is I think breaking habit and breaking routine would at least buy us time. If, if this thing's taken a constant log of our lives and it's predictive, then the only thing we can do to at least offset it a little bit is not be so predictable. But I also say in that knowing that it's probably predicted that if we react this way, we're going to do this. So, you know, it's almost like having multiple personality disorder when you go to your social media, you know, but I've normally reacted to this. All right, I'm going to pass on this one. I'll pass on the next three and then I'll go to one. You know, these are some of the things that I try to implement, you know, to at least, like I said, buy time. But I think ultimately, I think we just have to set a red line. You know, what's the limit? At, at what point do we say, okay, this is enough convenience and we just got to rely on, on on man and muscle power and, to get these things done? But I know a lot of people don't want that. Well, I mean, would you? I mean, could you imagine if they're like, yeah, from now on, there's no more Ubers. And you're like, dude, what? There's like, I'm going to call the cab and wait 30 minutes to see if the dude wants to come pick me up. I'm going to call the cab again when I could just do it on my app. What do you mean I have to go out and pick up my food? I, no, they'll deliver it to my door. You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we don't even have laws that protect us. 
And that's a big deal. I, I mean, I've, I've, I spoke in 2017 very vocally about the Internet Bill of Rights. And um, I myself have seen it, uh, you know, through my contracting work, obviously, and, you know, stuff that I can't easily talk about because then I sound sh like, you know, I'm not giving the whole story because I can't, not second all. But um, then there's the other part, you know, I was also, as a private contractor, I would also have, you know, a private company contracts or with USCIS, right? And that's where you see AI kick in too right, on predicting things. For example, this is going to scare you, but pay attention. 2008, I'm called by um, the Department of Homeland Security at like 3 a.m. They've detained some guy that's coming into the United States and they're going to send him home. Like he just landed and it's about face, you're going home. Like I didn't even know they were implementing this in the United States. I had seen the technology before and again, 2008, okay? So they send me a document that had all, and when I say all, I mean all his texts and Facebook messages. And this is when Facebook was new, right? It's like, we're talking like uh, October 2008, right? Because I was gearing up to get into the University of Kentucky, right? And um, I'm like, damn. Like, what does this dude do where he's at the airport and they're sending me all his chats? And then they send me on that, you're going to look at page this, page that, this text. And so I'm questioning this guy in his target language. And these are the questions. Sir, why are you in the United States? I'm here to visit my uncle, right? He's like, so you didn't text Maria, you know, back in, um, from your phone in uh, 2006, you know, when you came here last about getting a job at your uncle's and you're working and you're trying to find someone to get married so you can stay in this country. And so there he is texting on Facebook. When you're on the plane, you guys, they download everything. Airplane mode, just turn that off. Anything you have, and this is 2008, we're in 2023, and, you, and you're like, yeah, that can happen out. No, it was happening then. You just didn't know. You have conversations on the phone, they have that. Your voicemails, download it. I was like, whoa, we're using this in the United States. Now, you might say, well, this is a foreigner trying to enter the country and they're trying to deter, you know, overstay visas, right, where they come for vacation. But if they're easily accessing it to him, they're accessing it for you too. I want people to understand. And how did they process all that information? Think about it. There's on an international flight, you've got over 100 people on there. So they got over 100 people's voicemails, text messages, Facebook messages, uh, you know, MySpace, whatever, <laughs> anything on their computers. Your computer is also downloaded, right? And this is 2008. How do they process all that information to single them out? These are questions you should be asking yourself because we're talking about AI now in 2023, but I'm telling you this has been around since then. That is a real life example in a private setting, right? Boom. Healthcare. Well Obama. Before you go to the healthcare, though, Tori, I've I've actually been asking myself this question because of my own personal story. You know, for those you know, I know it's a, a much newer audience here. You know, the FBI raided my home with an FBI SWAT team January fifteenth of twenty twenty one. Zero criminal history. And Dang. Was, um, you know, documented. You know, Marine Corps veteran. You know, multiple awards in law enforcement. Fourteen year career. Like I said, zero criminal history. 
And I wasn't at the Capitol. You know, at the time, I think there's been one more since. But at the time, I'm the only American that I know of that was targeted for a January 6th case file that wasn't there. And it was based off of my Twitter tweets. Now, that you know, if we rewind the clock, I only had like 800, you know, followers at the time. Very small fish, very small fry here in Southern California, you know, doing exactly what you said, just putting out my truth. But yet it made them come with the drone flashbangs and all these things. And the question I've always asked, you know, in the big scheme of things, I was very irrelevant. So why target me? Oh, I can tell you that. I told you. I'm all ears. I am all ears. So you're a small account, right? You're a veteran. You're law enforcement. So AI flagged you because you had bona fide conversations. And it could have been that AI registered your tag, your name with someone else and they follow AI. It could have been just a simple, it's a simple mistake. Because think about it. Why hasn't the FBI rated me? Obviously, they're watching everything I do. I should just say hi to someone. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, hey, are you on shift? But why haven't they rolled me up? Because AI says she's not going to do something stupid. She's not going to do something criminal. And she's not scheming. So she's not doing anything illegal. So we're just going to watch. There's a big difference. So mistakes happen all the time. AI sees ones and zeros. It doesn't know the difference between you and another. And if you've had multiple accounts, they'll just assume that. Even though they go through device IDs, they don't know that. And I told you like millions of followers, no interactions. How much impact do they have? Do they start conversations? Because say someone saw your tweet and 20 people were having a voice conversation about it you're committing change. It's almost like the New York Times hit piece they did before Twitch banned me, right? I only had 25, 26,000 followers. Twitch was, the, the New York Times was screaming in, in the article. He, she, she only has 25,000 followers on Twitch, but you know she has more followers than that. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> and she has big impact. And she was right. Because out of 8 billion, 8 billion Twitch accounts, I was ranking 908th in the world with only 25,000 followers. So they were upset because they were seeing the metrics and they knew that on the front facing, I deleted them. If you go to my, my website where I write articles, you'll see that only one person saw it. I get people in my chat. They're like, me and all my friends read it. How come it's saying one? It's because I alter them so they can't see me. It's called digital camouflage. That's how you camouflage yourself. You, you have to know, you have to look like not a threat. But the New York Times, they were adamant about it. I mean, they even knew I was banned before I knew I was banned. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, they, they did a whole campaign. And, and a couple months later, they banned me saying, what was it? The New York Times, I was in Florida at the time working. And I got an email from uh, the New York Times. And he was like, do you have a statement for being banned? And I'm like, banned from what? Twitch? What? No, I, I'm not banned. He's like, oh, maybe you haven't gotten the notification yet, but you did? Um, For what? He's like, well, they updated their terms and conditions on March 1st. So, And I was like, well, I haven't streamed because I haven't read them. I actually read them. Not a lot of people do. I am stubborn. And in fact, I will feed that into AI to tell me what are the key points that I need to look at. You can do that. Take a document. That's 800 pages, feed it into an AI 
program and say, read this and tell me what I have to look out for. What are the key points here, the, the, the pitfalls? And it'll tell you. You don't even have to sit and read 800. That's the good stuff of AI, right? When you use it to your benefit. So, yeah. <laughs> so again, going back to your 800 followers, you had impact, which means that it, maybe it wasn't interactions on Twitter, but it could have been people having voice conversations or someone screenshotting yours and then sending it via text. You know, that all that metadata can trace. So you were probably mistaken for someone. Well, I mean, Alfredo's pretty, no, it's common, but not so common. And they knew you had skills, so they assumed, and that was it. I mean, like I said, your followers don't depict your impact. Well, one thing I want to bring up, so five days, um, so this was, what, two, three weeks ago, you can correct me, you had something that was flying outside of your window. You, you know what conversation I'm going to now? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so scary. So five days before they hit my house, I'm coming home from work. I, you know, I stopped by the house because I wanted to have lunch. And this is on the electrical box out in front of my house. So I drive up. I see this. I see it's, it's actually struggling to get off of this big electrical box. And so I go over there, pick it up, you know, because initially I'm thinking, hey, some kid. I mean, it was late. It was like close to midnight, 11 o'clock. I have to look at the timestamp. And, you know, so I pick it up to see if I can see any markings, who it belongs to or anything like that. All I see is just that it has a camera. So I put it back down. I say, if, you know, if it's still here when I come out, you know, I'll turn it off, throw in the garage and, you know, see if I can find who the owner of it is. Well, you know, after about a 30, 40 minute lunch, I come out and this thing is gone. Um, but it looks very similar to something that was <laughs> flying outside of your window. Well, funny story on that. So I was on, actually on the phone with Millie Weaver at the time. And we were just having a conversation. I was telling her, dude, the train derailment, because that's what happened. And this alleged Chinese balloon. I was like, this train derailment smells like I don't know what's going on. And as I was standing there talking, my phone was on charge. I was on my headset. I see from the corner of my eye, it didn't look like the picture that you have on the screen. It looked like that when it was flying. But right by my window, it was like a silver ball. It looked like a beach ball. And I was like, I'm you know, 400 feet up in the air, right? I'm, I'm, I, I live in a big, tall building, like a high rise. And I'm, and I'm like, what is this? You know, I've seen birds. I've seen birds sit there, right? Pellegrine falcons, which is pretty cool. Um, but what's a silver ball? And it, I was like, did some, did it fall? Like, did it fall from the griffin up there? I, I was confused. And so I run to go get my phone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something there. So I was trying to be sneaky because I was like, maybe this is like a new drone. I thought that too. Like what's watching me? Because it was very still. And it was on my window, like almost on the windowsill, but, but it was big. And so the minute it, uh, the phone came into purview, the thing busted across. You know, first of all, there's no drone flying here, right? The FAA regulations. So who violated FAA regulations? And I've seen it before again, just last week. It was flying by my window again. So, and it was, it, it started to fly and it looked like, uh, and I have friends that are in the drone industry and he's, and, and, uh, and I was told it looks like a DG, DJI Chinese drone, right? Because of the way it moved, but, but the way it was circling, you know how they circle and do, but the way it flew, it wasn't. So I don't know. It's probably more advanced drones. We have very advanced uh, unmanned uh, air vehicles, right? Yeah, because it wasn't too long ago. I read an article on one. It was like a, they call it the spear with the cube inside, unless I'm 
I don't know. I don't know. But it was like weird. I had never seen something like that. And it happened because I was having the conversation about the train derailment, which smelled. And I was like, man, you know, and it was so bizarre. And then I got on a Twitter space with like Jennifer and Dustin and we was conspiracy Friday. Right. And I was like, let's conspire. <laughs> I had the silver ball and it looked almost like a mirror, but it wasn't because I don't know if it was the glare from my window and the lights, but it was bizarre. And I think it was your tweet that you're like, hey, I had something like that outside my thing. And seven days later, they raided me. And I'm like, dang, that would be messed up. Not right now. <laughs> Please not right now. Um, but that was that was really weird because in my, I live downtown Cleveland. People can Google it. It's the Terminal Tower. It's one of the most, it's solid. I've got the DIA upstairs. <laughs> I've got the federal building in my building, right? So it's super safe. So if they want to come in, they can like literally walk into my apartment, right? They just have to move a couple floors. The FBI is here. <laughs> this is everything. So, um, there's no, this is a no fly zone. You can't fly drones in this area. It's illegal. So that's a big deal. And the drones are flying outside my window and hanging out in front of my window. And it's like, so why my window and not the other one? Why are you coming to me? So it was weird. And when I saw your tweet, I was like, dang, that, that's messed up. Uh, I don't want to be rolled up right now it'll be tough, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but why would they like that actually crossed my mind? Why would they, I haven't done anything illegal. They're watching everything. I even let them watch. I have Alexa's and Google homes. I'm like, watch me do everything. In fact, if I go to the bathroom, I'll open the door so they can watch me too. That, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but I'm just saying like, th this is, uh, this is something that invades our privacy and they do use that. And I, I think they were just trying to see your habits where you sit, where you stand, what to expect. Have you moved anything, right? This is the stuff they do. We, we you know, we conduct these operations. Of, you should know that as a Marine, you're going to send something. You're not going to send a man. You're going to send something unmanned to go and scope out the area first, right? Um, so, you know, that's also artificial intelligence because it's mapping, right? There's heat sensors. I mean, let's not get into it. Oh, well, trust me, I'm I'm there with you, Tori. Because here's the thing: you know, November third of love, twenty twenty one, because it's been over just over a year now. You know, I, you know, I, me and my family is going through all this stuff. I'm getting ready to do a really important show, and you know, we call it Dad's chair, the King's chair. There's a particular part of the couch that it's my part of the couch, right? It's you know, think of me as the family dog. No one sits there except me, right? And you know, my mom comes over to help me with the little one so I can get ready to do this show. Very healthy woman, extremely healthy, strong woman. And she's, I end up going out there to see if they want to, you know, so I can door dash them a snack, you know, before the show starts. And I literally on view her having a stroke. No medical oh, wow. problems before that, no nothing. And she's sitting right where I always sit. And, you know, there's just a weird part of me, you know, I always tell people don't want to be paranoid, but nonetheless, I just don't know, you know, was something meant for me? I, I don't know with everything that's been going on in you your know? spot. Yeah. She was sitting right in my spot, right in my spot. And like I said, I, I know the technology that's out there. I know what I used when I was in the military and that was in 2003. I can imagine what they have today. Yeah, and you're jarhead, and you guys have a different code. I actually had that conversation today. 
you know, I was like, the Marine Corps is completely separate from all the other branches. They don't, they do smell test and they bond together and they stick to the constitution. This is why they're the ones that protect the presidents. That's it. Done. That's where you could see it. everyone else is super woke. Done. Marine Corps doesn't do woke. <laughs> it's done. It's like, no constitution first. Um, so thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. And, and it's not the Marine Corps that uses these weapons. It's usually the Navy, right? And I had actually done a show on Havana Syndrome because that's probably what you're alluding to, which is a real thing. And, you know, it was a conspiracy. And now I think it was a couple weeks ago that they came out and were talking publicly about Havana Syndrome, which is, um, you know, that our own people were in Havana and they felt that they were being harmed and they didn't know how they felt fatigue um some of them got really sick i think there was a 60 minute special on it that i aired for my audience so what you're alluding to is using the technology which provokes havana syndrome and they just came out with that and this is where you know we get the super paranoid peeps which are not paranoid for no reason right with the whole you know direct energy you know that's not bs you know it I, you know i'm greek we have like the evil eye thing i don't know you know if you know what the evil eye thing is right do you know what that is no okay. or maybe i know it is something different right well the greeks the way the evil eye is is like um you know when someone tells you oh you look really good they're like almost spitting at you kind of thing. They make like a high pitched sound with the lips because they want to distort it to not be bad energy. It's like that is the science behind it. That's why they do it. And um, the reason is, is because we're all energy and envy, uh, emotions, all are energy. And, you know, a lot of people are like, that's woo. No, it's actual science. Um, there's a Dr. Emoto that says we're all made of water and our voices carry energy too. So there's actually an experiment and I'll reiterate it. My listeners know it, and I hope your listeners can see it. They can YouTube it, Dr. Emoto, water. And there's an experiment where you put identical rice, identical water in two jars. And to one jar, you're going to be saying nice things like, I love you, Rice. How's your day? Feeling great. You look fantastic. And in the other one, you're just going to cuss it out and be like, you dirty this, you dirty that. I hate you. You will see that the jar with the rice where you're directing bad energy, bad words or envy, like, oh, I hate you for being such nice, you know, such a nice jasmine <laughs> rice or whatever, right? I'm jealous, you know, uh, that you're slim or something, right? Um, it'll turn black. Like, you know, if ever anyone wants to teach their kids a lesson about how important using your words are when you're speaking to people and what you say, you do that experiment to show that your words do matter. And it's mostly the intention behind it, right? Because I could say really bad words, but I don't have a bad intention. I'm just saying them. It's not going to have an impact. It's throwing that emotion out. Um, so your voice is frequency and you know, lies and truth have different frequencies. Um, hate and love have different frequencies. So 
maybe your chair had different frequencies, which is what you're probably alluding to, which is the foundation of Havana syndrome too. And that's an actual thing. So, you know, for those that, oh, that's a conspiracy, that's actually a thing. <laughs> that's you know, actually it is. Thing. And I was, I was looking it up while you're speaking. So six weeks ago, I actually did a show with Josh Reed and it was on that frequency and the intentions and effects on water. And guys, very smart guy. He broke down the entire science behind it and all that. He was in the Navy. Yeah, they pushed me through the Navy, but it was just temporary. You know, that's how they feed you in um, to agencies that, you know, you then go work on. I'm sure that whenever you went in, at least one person was pulled out at some point, you know, either through your training school when they completed it or even at a boot camp sometimes if they were selected to do special tests. I don't know, um, you know, how they do it now, right? But, you know, while you're at boot camp, they scout you out for other things, too. And you may have breakout sessions with uh, specific, you know, drill sergeants slash, you know, senior chiefs or warrant officers that come and visit you. And they're like, hey, let's do a couple of tests. <laughs> and then suddenly you're just like, That's, that was my job. Yeah, well, yeah, you go ahead and do your thing. And then they come and pluck you. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone that's gone to boot camp at some point has seen one guy that was in their battalion or their division. And, you know, they came in as a gunny, whatever. And then, you know, suddenly they're out somewhere in Fort Huachuca or Yuma, Arizona doing things. And you're just like, dude, that guy was like a gunny guy. <laughs> like what's going on or infantry, right? And you're just like, what do you mean you changed your school? I thought we were going together kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Words do matter. And I urge every single parent to conduct that experiment just to show kids, like to see it. Sometimes when you see it, it makes more sense um, of that. And that goes back to AI too. You can actually read intent. That's the scary part. Now, I want to do a real quick recap, but I also want to cover two rumble rents before they disappear. Um, so the first one I want to get to is from Popcorn Four Time. Said, happy birthday, Tori. Uh, $17 rumble rent. So thank you for that, Popcorn. And next one is from Salyon, S-A-L-Y-O-N. Says, thanks, Alpha Warrior. Happy birthday, Tori. So thank you guys for your support with that. It is very much appreciated. I do have one more question on the AI before we get into these R's in 2023. Um, before I do that, let me just bring up uh, one of my sponsors and then I'll do a recap, you guys. So uh, if you're just joining, Gold Co. protecting your investments with gold and silver. Make it simple. Alphalexgold.com. Listen, I'm the Marine who chews on crayons. I'm not going to tell you how to do math and how to do finances, but I can tell you these people I have talked to, they're great. They're smart. Contact them, see if it works. Uh, AlphaLikeSchool.com. I'm here with Tori, you guys. I've been waiting for this show for a long time. We're wrapping up the AI conversation. I'm going to ask the last question on AI, and then we're going to move into ours and the year 2023. So the last question I have for the AI, Tori, is given how much it is, and I know we only scratched the surface of it tonight, what do we do to protect ourselves? Well, um, at this point, we can't um, do anything as an individual. But as people, here's one thing that we can do. We can say where we don't want AI. And this is where we have to have a unified front. Back in 2020, when our elections were stolen, right? I submitted my affidavit and it stood the test of time. Anyone can go read it. Everything that everyone's talking about now that they figured out with all their investigations, I was right. 
But here's the problem. Read the HAVA Act. While the HAVA Act was there to protect our rights as individuals for voting, it actually told you what it was for. It was to deploy internet voting. And remember, HAVA Act was passed in 2002. So just so you can see how far ahead they were thinking. So the one thing that we need to avoid, these machines have been ushered where they're counting in, you know, um, these black boxes where we're not allowed to see the counting software. And therefore, you know, we don't know. We're just supposed to trust it, right? There are certain things that we shouldn't apply AI to. It's like you don't reinvent the wheel, especially with things that can be manipulated. Now, while many are pushing for paper ballots, which is feasible and should be done, there will be the argument from the intellects and, uh, you know, the higher ups that there's just way too many people. We can't do that anymore. <clears throat> so what we need to be focusing on is solutions. And there are some solutions going down the pipeline right now that I shouldn't speak of prematurely, but there are ways that we can eliminate technology and go back to analog and a few things like even your digital clock. Can you trust that more than a nice clock made by a clockmaker? You know, that's going to tick perfectly. Your digital one without power will glitch or shut down or make mistakes. Whereas the analog will stick. So the one thing that we can do is protect processes in our lives where we refuse to implement artificial intelligence to execute the tasks that should be analog. And for our nation, all change can happen through elections. This is where we're heard. And that is how we can ensure that we protect our rights. So we should be standing up to what we don't want. And uh, even though it makes life easier using artificial intelligence, there are a few things that we don't want. You know, when you go to a doctor, you don't want him seeing you through a window, right? You want him to touch you, to hear your heart, to feel your tummy. You know, I, example, the best doctor's visit I had was with my surgeon who tried to get my records from the government and didn't. And he was right before my surgery, he was out there telling my kids and my lawyer he couldn't get them, you know? They just screwed me over. That's a real thing. But what he did was he stripped me down to the bone and checked every inch of my body to make sure he had a proper diagnosis. And I was lucky to have an old school doctor and be my surgeon because he checked me. That's completely different than him looking at my profile and coming in and already having a cognitive bias of what he is to expect which was my problem is to not figuring out that I just had a structural issue all this time, right? So that's just a layman's example as to where we need to start putting our foot down in demanding more old school, non-digital, person-to-person, analog solutions or means for things that just shouldn't be in the hands of ones and zeros because then everyone's going to get rated like you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's basically it, you know? So, so that's that. But the, now if we're segueing into the three R's, that's all about AI too. Well, I want to know. <laughs> I, well, was, I, was, I was told by a mutual acquaintance uh, who, who was very interesting, said, you want to make sure you ask. So I want to know, you know, we hear these words of, you know, that are being spoken in speeches, 
that are being populated in messages. And this is the year and you're aware of it. So tell us, how does this play into AI? Well, the only time that I actually use my special box is usually right before the year comes in, which is all the data that has happened, geopolitical interactions, laws that are passed, things that are on the books, the way elections went, what's popular on TV and music, feed it everything, right? And I stay away from using public discourse only because that's artificially inflated and created because of chatbots. Uh, it tells you things and, you know, the results that it spews are that. And I told my listeners, hey, 2023 is the year of the R. We're going to hear a lot of R words, a lot of words like redemption, retribution, restructure, renouncing. There's going to be a lot of R's coming. And that's how you reverse course. 2023 is going to be a lit year. And starting today, people are going to start to see that not everything is what it seems. And that there are things that are happening. But, you know, my saying is huh, justice never comes in in a Lamborghini. It comes in on a donkey, right? <laughs> and um, while we see a lot of um, discussions on social media, we're finding that they're trying to weaponize that now as well. And that is something that we're seeing because how's this? Again, let me, let me put it this way. Obama deployed something in 2016 called the, um, the brain project. Have you ever heard of it? No, I have not. So the Brain Project, you can look it up. It's on a .gov site. It was predicted over many years to examine uh, the ability to um, <clears throat> integrate uh, biological interfaces with technology, but more so saying that they're using AI to be able to determine, um, to help us map out the brain, which if you actually look into the experiments they do, they're pretty horrible. Um, there was one guy, but you know what? I forget the guy. I know the guy's name is Greenberg. Do you remember back in, oh, I don't even remember the years, 2018, 2019, where some influencer was at UC Berkeley and he got punched or attacked for trying to do free speech. And then they went to court and then they sealed it. Do you guys remember it was in California? I, mean, I don't know if you can see your chat. <laughs> I, I do. Let me see. I'm looking at the chat remember, right now. I think his name was Greenberg, the the guy that did it. Greenberg. Um, anyway, so Greenberg was allegedly a student there. But when that happened, while people were looking at the interaction, they were pandering on the thing that free speech isn't allowed on campus. I think it was in Berkeley, right? It was a UC campus anyway, right? University of California, um, where he decked him out. And it was a young social media. Was it Nick... Uh, I shoot, I don't know. Ryan Fournier? Zachary Greenberg is the there name somebody just put out there. Yeah, that's the guy that hit him, the influencer. Well, here's the thing. Zachary Greenberg is actually a test subject of the Brain Project. So he, if you actually looked at his history, and that was the real story there, right? 
He was actually participating in the aggression experiments while he allegedly was working for the imaging of the brain. It was the brain project. He worked with a specific team that literally opens up your brain like they would take you, Alfredo, and put you in a chair. And then again, here we go back to who the hell signs up for these things, right? <laughs> where they crack your skull open and then they put rods in your brain and they try to simulate aggression. And that was the project that he was part of, probably why they sealed the indictment. I'm, you know, alleging here, right? That is what, where we are right now. The Brain Project, there's a few of them. So there's one that the Kremble Foundation, that was, um, that's like brain sculptures that Canadians do. There's a human brain project that was actually funded by the EU, uh, which funds the understanding of the human brain with developing new treatments for brain disorders. But then it's the brain project that Obama did. Let me bring, uh, bring one up. I want to see if you're familiar with this one. So I came across this one. I stumbled across it, actually, when I was researching graphene oxide. Right. And when I came in, for those that are wondering or you can't see it, if it's too small, it's inbrain-neuroelectronics.com. And essentially what this company is doing is they're using graphene oxide in the brain. Now, of course, everything's done under the, under the guise of something good to reverse Alzheimer's and different, you know, brain issues like that. Um, and they want to use graphene to control it. So in other words, you know, they're reprogramming the brain. <laughs> but if they're going to do that for this, you can imagine what my fears are, you know, where it goes from there. Have you ever heard of this one? So here's another coincidence. Um, a friend of mine in, um, man, I have to look back the text, but it was before 2015. He's a biotech guy, Greek guy in Chicago. In his garage, he found a way to mass produce graphene oxide. Now, I want people to understand that graphene oxide is extremely expensive and used in a lot of things. Just a piece of scotch tape with dust is worth tons. He actually mass produced it in a red cup. I know. He's my friend. He um, signed off the patent with Argon Labs, which took it. Graphene oxide has some very interesting properties. There was an experiment that was done at Starbucks at some point where people would, they actually do this and don't tell people. It has RFID properties. So when Starbucks wants to open up a new corporate store, right, they do research. They'll put graphene oxide in your coffee. You know, let's pretend there's a first street in San Francisco. This is just a random. Doesn't mean there is that street. And there's a Starbucks there. And they're overwhelmed with people coming to get coffee, right? So what they do is they put graphene into the coffee. And then you're leaving to go drink your coffee. And they see where you came from. So then they can see where most of the people that drank the coffee went to. Another thing is, you know, they were using it for designs. Like you can put graphene oxide on your toast and make, you know, an owl or a Jesus face. You can look that up. It has RFID properties. Now, many people will say, I talked about this way before COVID, way before any of this, because knowledge is power, especially when you know what's coming. And you can't talk about it because what, what if I came out? Let's just pretend, Alfredo, I came out in 2018 and said, listen, uh, 
They're going to deploy a wannabe biological weapon that's actually an aerosolized chemical that can actually cause this and it can be perpetuated like this. And the goal is, is to give everybody a vaccine with graphene oxide in order to be able to manipulate their genetic code rather than use CRISPR, which is more aggressive and very targeted that needs multiple therapies in order to conduct. Uh, they will allow this to spin proteins and see if they can hijack your system and create specific proteins. Now, these proteins will, uh, you know, either um, uh, um, if the younger you are, will be uh, collected in your testes and ovaries and hinder your ability for reproduction. And if you're older and you have more uh, issues with blood flow, that will uh, target your liver, which will then cause you soft tissue cancers a lot easier. And you'll see an increase in lymphomas for those that have, um, you know, more um, a genetic predisposition uh, for um, ion channels. This is just just saying you will have extreme heart conditions and you know your liver will be targeted regardless with these spike proteins because that's where your coagulation factors are released and hence how you create clots when you get hurt. Uh, that's something that people don't know that when you cut yourself, your liver triggers some you know special little proteins and that's why you get that clotting in there right? To stop the bleeding. It comes from your liver. So if I said that in 2018, 2017, people will be like, oh, what a kooky person. Let's just put it aside. <laughs> so the better way to conduct education and put out knowledge is to show real examples. So then when people actually meet it, they can see it. So my R's that I stated was very important this year because I wanted people to be paying attention. Those that have been listening to my podcast know that every New Year's, I give them exactly what's happening. And specifically, China and AI was my, I think it was my 2019 New Year's show. And how I was expressing to people that your AI, I know you better than you know yourself if I can tap your AI database. I know your fears. I know what you like. I know what you don't like. I know where you spend your money. I know if you like a specific, a specific brand of coffee when you go to Albertsons because you're using your stupid rewards card, just giving them more, right? I know what kind of milk you get. I know which Starbucks you go to. I know what tacos you like. I know, you know what kind of sheets you like, what deodorant you use. I know everything there is to know about you. I know the stuff you say when you don't want people to know. I know the Zoom calls you've had. I know everything. That's dangerous. And so I want you guys to all understand, you know, just how important AI is. But on the other hand, it does good things too. It can predict things. But that's weaponized too. Remember what Bill Barr did before he left? He created the pre-cram unit. That's a real thing. So now you'll get arrested just in case you might do something. And Whoa. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject right here. I'll I'll bring up the document while you're talking, if I can find it real quick. The warrant for my house. Because remember, you guys, I didn't commit any crime. It was tweets. The warrant to my to my <laughs> to get into my home. This is what it reads. I'll try to do my best to quote it, but it says Alfredo Luna is a prior Marine Corps veteran, fully capable of violence and law enforcement officer. And he's shown pre-incident indicators to be triggered by domestic extremism. So I never knew that. I, I didn't know I'll, anything I'll, about I'll, your I'll, warrant. I'll, no, I'm just <laughs> telling you. 
there, you know, like I have never, I don't look into people unless they make me. I like to be a blank slate, right? When I interact with people because we're all victim to, you know, biases, right? So I didn't know that, but I did tell you why they rolled you up, didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had no idea, right? You just said I was rated and didn't, and I had a small account. I just told you, they, I said you're a threat. Here's another thing. There's a lot of people that ask me how many languages I know, right? Why would I tell you? That's showing you my capabilities. You will never find me sitting on a computer, writing code, sifting through code, or doing anything, because then I have the capabilities. Why do I say that? Well, there was one whistleblower that was a government contractor years ago that was arrested and tried. And actually, that's the judge I got in Tennessee when I first filed the case that freaked me out. Not because they caught him doing something, but because they knew he had the capabilities of doing it. That's scary. That is scary. And he went to jail. They extradited him after he left and went to Canada. They extradited him back to the States and locked him up because of that. Okay. Zoom in so the audience can actually see this here. But if you look at that first sentence, Luna Jr.'s behavior is consistent with pre-incident indicators of extreme violence. And then, for example, empirical evidence shows that persons motivated by violent ideation become increasingly radicalized and move through various stages prior to violence, which includes experiencing a precipitous event that acts as a trigger to carry out the attack. Notably, Luna Jr. advocates for violence, not true, and is adherent of the emergent emerging domestic extremism organizations. He has gone as far as posting messages and images of his discontent for government officials and advocates others to carry out violence. Not true. Luna is a former Cathedral City police officer and terminated from employment. He is a former U.S. Marine and fully capable of inflicting lethal violence. His online threats are extremely alarming and include allegiance to QAnon, which is a different story, and conspirators and three percenters militia extremists whole long story but i can tell you guys the stuff's not true you're in california southern california well that makes sense too because they california is a state that allows for pre-crime to be impacted meaning that they have given easements to the federal government to apply these things majority of states have done it but see you see how it said you have the capabilities now QAnon, right they're pissed because that's ai too And so your training, whatever that may be, aligning with understanding that and adhering to the constitution and refusing to not, you know, things not passing the smell test is considered a threat. Now, again, for me, I would have to say that, yes, the assessment from what they said is correct. You are lethal. You're a trained Marine and you understand law enforcement. But I'm going to tell you this, and I can, I'm probably right. It was a mistaken identity there because that happens a lot. Kind of like I said, the outdated AI kicking the lady out. She no longer works for it. So these are very important factors, but it also counts with who you interacted. Because this J6 event, like, you know, the news that broke, oh, Q Shaman, whatever was climate. I've been saying that for like forever and a day. (laughs) I've been saying this was all a show right? And uh, good people were carried 
carried into it, but there were also people on our side that helped frame us. You know, and this is, you know, and you may have been interacting with some of them unknowingly, right? It's kind of like when people were, instead of, you know, going in for the information, they were digging on me. Like I found threads on, you know, Black Planet. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, you know, and on the back end of the internet, you know, Tori's been around grew agents. She's been around, you know, MI6. No shit. That's the type of work I did. Right. But, you know, they know your interactions and it could be that it was just, you know, heightened because they wanted to check and maybe leave crumbs. Just saying. And <laughs> once they've come in, they can come in again. And, and that's fact. Like for me, the FBI probed me when I was, you know, being harassed by a whole state because I was exposing that they were selling land to China. They were migrating children. You know, now all that's coming out, right? But once they're in, they're in. It's like, it's like uh, what, you know, the horror stories of CPS that you hear, that the one time they come in and it, it's like never ending, right? And so that was the intention. Because you have communications and you're articulated, they don't like that. Well, here's something you'll get a kick out of, and the audience will get a kick out of this. So, remember, like I said, that happened in January, on August 4th, and you guys can, you know, <laughs> you can go watch one of my prior episodes. You hear the whole long story. It's a long one. But they revisit my house on August the 4th, which happens to be my partner's birthday, the one that, you know. Wait a minute. Out. Stop. Stop. Did they come back, you said? They came back. Oh, Kind of like what I said. See, I didn't know that either. Uh, let's just keep going. Because, you know, I, I just Google things. <laughs> Knowing that I had legal representation, they didn't make any call to my attorney. They didn't make any call to me. They show up on this particular day to return all my electronic evidence, laptops, phones, all the stuff that they took. And you got rid of it, right? <laughs> I ain't using none of that stuff. I'm like, you better get out of here with that. Stick it in no. a Faraday cage and park it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to buy a Faraday beanie is what I'm going to get. Jesus. I got one of those. Oh, then good. That means I'll be able to find one when I look for it. Amazon. I actually sleep with it sometimes. It's actually quite nice because we do have a lot of Wi-Fi going around and it kind of helps. This is, this is wild. You know, like I said, you know, I, I have faith in a, in a power above. And, you know, for those that don't, you know, I worked undercover. I worked gangs. I was actually, we... Prior to the end of my employment, I was going to be called on a federal case to testify as an expert witness. You know, so I know the way it works, but I also understand warrants. In California, I'm still certified as a court expert on it. So as much as it sucks that everything that I've been through, Tori, I also have an expertise where I've identified all the things where they've cut corners, where they've violated certain laws, where they didn't do the search warrants right, you know, where they, you know, where they fabricated stuff, you know, and because, and trust me, they've offered golden tickets for plea deals and i've told them to go pound sand because i want to expose everything um and it's been a wild story i'll have to share it with you and uh, and your audience another night for sure but as we wrap this one up tori um i want to make sure we capture everything you got to say with these r's what are your final thoughts when it comes to the r's and ai and all the stuff we've been talking about well we're going to see a lot of reverse course <laughs> right? The retribution is real. And for me, it's more so for the J6 prisoners that took their life, right? There's a lot of people that, um, you know, went to jail and they were so shocked. You know, they're in isolation. They're like, damn, I didn't do anything. I just like maybe walked around or maybe they weren't even in there or maybe the charges that they said weren't there, but their lawyers 
weren't even allowed to have the footage. For me, you know, I'm I'm very pissed that Tucker has it, that we don't all have it. You know, we filed complaints with the Congressional Ethics Commission, you know, against, uh, uh, the, you know, McCarthy for doing that. And, you know, they obviously dubbed it, put sound. This is all a show. And it was all orchestrated by one person, which starts with an R, because they want to cover up the people that are on our side, assuming, you know, for some reason they think it's going to ping back. No one can ping it back to President Trump. He had no idea. I've been through all that. See, because all that footage was sitting on an HBO server because Pelosi's daughter was creating the movie. So that footage, I already had it. Majority of it because it was open. It wasn't hacking. It was open. It's like kind of, you remember when the Congress would drop documents and then they would take them out and then you can't find the link, but if you search for the PDF, you could still find it. It's still open. That's your fault. So there is footage that shows that these people took their life out of desperation and God forgive them for what they did, you know, taking their life because the, the one thing we don't, nobody commands is when you go, right? It's what you do when you're here. Those people, need, we need retribution for those. That's blood on the hands of the prosecutors, the people in Congress that colluded to have this happen, uh, and all the media companies that joined in on this. You're going to see a lot of big R words being used. Um, it's going to be one of those words is revelations. Well, uh, revelations in regards to understanding, we're seeing people having that right now. And restructuring, we're seeing a lot of that coming a lot now. We're seeing reverse course by Biden with policies going back to Trump era policies, right? We're seeing the retribution is literally coming, but we will also have representation and that's key. And the more we, the people get together, yeah, we're gonna roar and that's, <laughs> yeah, we are. And, and that's what we really need to do is, is, is actually come together as a unit. Because in a united America is an unstoppable America. It's not going to be one guy riding it in a horse. It's not going to be President Trump doing it on its own. You know, we're going to see a lot. And, and we're seeing Robert Kennedy come out, which is causing a lot of conflict. So we can talk R there, RFK. You know, sometimes you got to sit and not respond because there's auditions happening right now. I want to be VP. I want to be VP. You know, this could be something retro that may be coming there's it's going to be pretty interesting this year and i'm hoping that while we have a lot of wins people are exhausted and that's exactly the intention of these dragged out investigations and everything it's because people are lazy and what we need people to do is start standing up for themselves and joining together you're not going to like everyone you're talking to you're not going to agree on everything you do. Do you know that I have one of the most, I have a liberal, I have liberal attorneys too. Legit, liberal. Like those that are like, yeah, we need a little bit of socialism. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and you smile awkwardly. Well, I'm going to change your mind on that, right? Um, it's, it's really important that we all stick together. We're not all going to agree on things. We're not going to like each other. You might feel that, you know, you want to pee on somebody else's tree. 
we need to be a little bit more, we need a little bit more humility and more acceptance and less bias and less attacking and just message over messenger always. And it's important that the local communities get together because that's how you actually win. Now, having said the R's, what do you think the R's are? Well, when you were talking about it, one of the names that came to mind was Rick Grinnell. So, with his sexy satchel, <laughs> you know he he he's he has a, a home out here in my area, you know, and he, he runs a he runs the same trail that I run. So, I'm, hopefully, I can bump into one of these days. I can ask him a couple of questions if I don't get tackled by his security detail. Um, he's but, fantastic. No, I, I love the guy. His mom is fantastic. That's where you can tell. Like his mom, the way she looks at him is as if he's five. You know, like, you know how you look at your child, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, adortion, right? And um, he's a fantastic guy. And, you know, I've had pretty much, my interactions with him are almost zero. We've had interaction, but it doesn't really mean anything. Like, there's no like, hey, let's exchange intel interaction. It's like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, nice to meet you. Uh, right? His mom. You know, sometimes if you want to get to know someone, uh, you know, you see the people that's around them. And um, I like Rick. He's, uh-huh. He walks around with a sexy satchel. I've never seen a guy carry, a, you know, a briefcase <laughs> like that ever. That's why I always say, oh, here's Rick strolling in with the sexy satchel. But what, what else? Okay, so you say Rick. Uh, next word I would th- is Rico, you know? Uh, ah, there you go. Rico Suave. That's my thing. I've been playing that tune for a while. It's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, the next R that comes to mind is Russia. That, that's a big deal right now. Well, Russia, I don't know. Russia's a distraction right now. Because we're going to war in 2025. Like I have a document that clearly says that there's a lot of people that are gearing up. And if you have friends that are in the military, they're all getting deployed. I know I have people close to me that are too. And um, there's some important people that have not too long ago left to Taiwan. So is it Ukraine, Russia? Is it China, Taiwan? Is it a Yeah, we're spending all our money and our weapons to Ukraine, but our military APAC and Indo-PAC are like beefing up hardcore and they're recalling and activating reservists that are in that region. And I'm like, hey, my daughter just signed up for the Marines. She's a poolie right now. And she was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to go Paris Island and, and she's Oriental languages. And I'm like, yeah, you know, why don't you like wait just a little bit, you know? Um, so it's, it's, yeah, Russia is a distraction. I think we might see Russia in another way. Any other are you think? Well, there, there's one name that keeps coming up, and I don't like the way it's being brought up, and that's Ron DeSantis, because I'm Team Trump. Well, see, that's another R. Ron DeSantis isn't going anywhere. I mean, I, I mean, right now, Florida looks commie red, right? Now, he's, a law, Republicans are literally passing laws saying you got to register as a blogger if you want to talk about the governor. Like, what is this? Like, this is the biggest circus I have ever seen, and people are still on it. But um, I think we're going to see a return. And that, that's the one I like. <laughs> I like that too. And I think I like, I like, everyone's begging for that too. I like the return and I like the reset. Ah, well, there's two resets that are in play. So uh, let's just stick with the return because that reset doesn't look really sexy right now because it's in process. I, I'd like to invite you on my show to come on. So 
I, I, I would be so yeah. stoked. Like we've on. been talking to do this, but I'm like so busy that I literally texted you when I was at an airport because I was looking through it and I was like, oh, let's do it. You know, I'm sorry that I got so back to, you know how many people ask me and I forget because they get buried in my messages. But thank you for having me on and I'd love to have you on at some point so we can talk. And I, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Mid-April, you're going to be on, and it's going to be a topic that you're very interested in, and I'm telling you this publicly because when it comes around, you're going to be like, damn, how'd you know? But <laughs> if I told you I have a special yellow box computer that's like awesome, so I we will be chatting in mid-April. Oh, I look forward be to awesome. it. You heard it, audience. April. Yep. yep. Mid-April. In Alpha. Maybe we could talk Antarctica. Uh, I would love you that. like that. <laughs> I would love that. I got a <laughs> lot of questions. Well, I know I'll get a lot of people sending me questions to ask when it comes to Antarctica. Well, maybe we can all have those questions mid-April because you know after the next R, which is a wave of resignations, um, it'll be kind of fun. Well, I'll tell you this: it, tonight's been an absolute joy. Uh, like I said, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, but it's God time, God's timing, not my timing. So I enjoyed it. I hope the audience enjoyed it. And from the looks of the yeah. chat, like they had a great time. God bless. All right, Tori. Thank you, you so much, Alfredo, for having me. <laughs> you have a fantastic evening. Uh, you know, I'll probably be silent on social media tomorrow. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your conversations. And again, thank you for your service. And hey, you know, you have that pre-crime thing. You should use that. I'd use that in a court of law. No, I, I have all intentions of doing it. But the most important thing I got to tell you before is we're after the nine o'clock hour on the West Coast here. So happy birthday. Thank you. I'm 21, if anyone's asking. <laughs> so, <laughs> there it is. There. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year. Let's just see those wave of resignation so we can roll into April where all the tears will be falling like April showers. You'll see. I look forward to it. You have a good night. You have a good birthday. And uh, I know you got a lot to get done tonight and tomorrow, uh, but make sure you enjoy your birthday too. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a fabulous evening. Thanks. God bless. Good night, Tori. Bye. Good night. You guys, Tori, freaking cool. <laughs> so freaking cool. Uh, I've been wanting to, to have this conversation for such a long time. Uh, <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, as much as I did. Um, I didn't want to talk a lot. I wanted to listen. Uh, you guys, listen, uh, tune in tomorrow, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I don't try to interrupt the show and the flow of the conversation with ads because I think the content's too important. So the outro, it's quick, less than 90 seconds. So support our sponsors. And for all you guys that are new, hit the thumbs up, hit the like. And if you like this show, uh, look at all the ones that I've done in the past. I think you guys will enjoy that too. So till next time, this is Alpha, the Alpha Warriors show, first in, last out.